Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone and welcome to everything iconic with me danny pellegrino i am back after a short hiatus girl (laughs) i missed you all terribly we have so much ground to cover on this episode of everything iconic so it's going to be all over the place because we got bravocon we got the roni reboot announcement at bravocon we got lips boot at bravocon we got the beverly hills reunion we got potomac we have so much ground so buckle up buttercup because we're gonna mention it all and i'm gonna do my best to get to everything but we might not get to it all and salt lake city we're gonna save for later in the week because i have so many thoughts about that trip to arizona that 1998 house everything that's going on with those four women who were left in arizona while jen shaw's going to handle her legal shadrama so uh, we're gonna get to as much as we can this week's episode and before i even get to any of the bravo stuff i do have to apologize if there's like a quiet little faint buzzing in the background of this episode it's because they're paving the road outside of her house i think i maneuvered around the technology but also you probably can't hear any of it but just in case you hear any sort of buzzing throughout i really did work so hard trying to put my tech cap on Uh, but it was so funny because i'm parked my car is parked in another street like by this other house and the house that I'm parked by, they have all these Halloween decorations out. And I got to tell you this quick story because I was getting something out of the back seat of my truck. And as I'm unloading, <laughs> I see something in my like in the window, in the mirror of the window or whatever. And I just thought it was one of these people's Halloween decorations, but it was an older gentleman. <laughs> I got scared. I go, oh! you know, I got scared as I was like turning around, taking these Waterloo sparkling waters out the backside of my car. And so I jump scared and then I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You scared me. I thought you were a Halloween decoration. And the man <laughs> just looked at me and I realized it was like an inappropriate thing to say that this old man looked like a Halloween decoration, but I thought it was fucking Michael Myers. I felt like I was Splits Richards in Halloween, the new one running from, although she didn't actually do any running from Michael Myers. Did you guys see the new Halloween movie? All that promo and Splits is just in there for like two seconds dealing cards to Activia Curtis in one scene or something. She's barely in it. I mean, it's like, what's Splits doing all that promo for? And she says, extra. And God bless. I mean, she started off. She was there with JLC in the beginning. But I watched that. I was out of town, man. We were traveling. I, Like Luann says, I was traveling. I've been to prison. Uh, I was in Ohio for a friend's wedding in Columbus. And then I visited my family in Cleveland. Then I went off to New York. I did something, some cool stuff in New York. And there's something that's coming this week on the podcast. So check the podcast feed. I'm super excited. We've got a great guest coming up. Can't wait to share more. But it'll be out this week. So stay tuned for that. Now let's get into all the Bravo stuff. So BravoCon, I did miss. And I was feeling FOMO. Even though I was at a wedding and then I started started getting updates on that Friday when I was out and people were sending me things. And then I had to just unplug my phone because I was getting too much FOMO from the whole thing. But it looked like it was a good time. The first day, Friday, seemed like a bit of a mess. There were all these crowds rushing into the Beverly Hills panel. 
and people were saying it was like the fire festival. And then Saturday, it seemed like they worked out a lot of the issues they had on Friday. They beefed up security. And ultimately, everyone that I heard from seemed to have had a good time. So that was exciting. And I'm happy that everyone went and had a good time. And there were a few different announcements that happened. The major one being the Roni reboot announcement. We finally got a cast list. Of who's going to be on the new Roni? Real Houses of New York. Now, they are still doing Legacy, but apparently they're going to be filming Legacy. I here early next year, maybe spring or something. And the new Roni, which will be season 14, I believe, with a brand new cast, is going to be filming soon. And I say brand new cast, but Jill Zarin's already hobnobbing with the new women. She was on Instagram. She posted Instagram with the new women. And it's like, she just ate them up right away. She's, she saw them new gals at BravoCon. was like, I'm taking you to dinner. And then she t- took them and started posting on Instagram. And you just know Jill Zarin. She's getting an apple one way or another. She don't. It doesn't matter how. She's going to sit with them new gals. I also have this theory she's trying to get Allie an apple for the new one. And it's not going to happen, I don't believe. God bless Allie, but I just don't see her on the Roni reboot. Anyway, Jill Zarin's posting with the new gals already. And uh, Legacy is where Jill Zarin, I think, will ultimately end up. But uh, the new women, the major coup... The coup d'etat, is that a word? I'm not sure if it's a word. Unclear. Anyway, my my podcasting skills might be a little rusty today because it's been a week or two since I've recorded. Anyway, the new news, the big news is Jenna Lyons. Jenna Lyons. Jenna motherfucking Lyons. This girl is on fire. (laughs) I did some remixing while I was away. I'm sorry. Anyway, Jenna Lyons. She is, I think, going to be the major star of this. Now, here are my concerns with the new Roni. I need them to have chemistry. As of right now, I can't tell if these women have a chemistry, if they know each other, how they know each other, how long they've known each other. That's what I'm going into this with fresh eyes about. Because they need chemistry. And I hope and need them to have done chemistry testing with these women. They need to have filmed a bunch with them all together, see what's going on. I can't just have them in front of the red light and nothing happening. My other main issue, and I'm going into it optimistic. I'm complaining right now, but I am optimistic about it. My other main complaint, though, because we're listing complaints, is that I worry they're too young. I like an old lady, and I don't want these young gals in their 30s. Jenna Lyons, I believe, is 54. So that's okay with me. But I feel like she's much older than all the other women. And so it's a weird generational disconnect that I think was one of the issues, one of many issues with the last season of Roni. And so I'm concerned that we're just going too young because I like a 50-plus woman, a 60-plus woman, a 70-plus woman. And so my concern is that we're just putting these 30-somethings in there, and I don't want to see a bunch of 30-somethings in there. I want to see 60-plus or nothing, bravo. So I will see how it ends up, and we'll see how it shakes out, and I'm sure that they're going to put their time, effort, energy, money into this reboot because they can't fuck it up again. They already fucked it up one season. So uh, the Bravo fans will not be having it if they screw it up again. We will take down NBC and Bravo. I'm going to take down NBC, Bravo. It will happen if we don't get this Roni reboot right. So I will be excited to see my legacy gals, but I'm going to be going into the new Roni with open arms and I'm going to try my best. To, and Jenna Lyons, the other thing that kind of concerns me, because she's the most known. I think she's the one that everyone's like, oh, we know Jenna Lyons, right? She was... J. Crew, creative director, and she's someone who had an HBO Max reality show. And I watched one or two episodes of it. I can't recall if I watched more than one, but I do know that I didn't finish it. And that concerns me 
because she had a whole damn reality show that no one gave a shit about. It was on HBO Max. I don't even know if they still have it up there. You know, HBO Max takes down all their stuff. So I don't even know if Jenna Lyons is going to be good, but uh, we'll see. Um, and I feel bad for the other gals who are all at BravoCon. The Dorendas, the Sonia. Sonia and Luann are going to be doing some spinoff that's like The Simple Life. And I saw the trailer. It was online. Someone leaked it online from BravoCon. I don't know about it. I don't know about it. I, wa- I want to love it. Anyway, what else is going on at BravoCon? Lips was booed when she went to the panel. That's right. Lisa Rinna showed up at the Beverly Hills, which it was announced that she wasn't going to be there, then she was going to be there, then she wasn't. I don't know. I kept going back and forth. She ultimately showed up, and Kathy Hilton was also there. She was uh, not on the panel for Beverly Hills, but the Beverly Hills panel was the one where like everyone was rushing to get in, and they almost had to cancel it, I hear, because there were so many people and all this stuff. Anyway, when they called out Lips... Everyone started booing, and it got picked up by all the press outlets. I was back home visiting my family, and my mom said, what happened with Lee Serena? Dan, I heard Lee Serena got booed. And my mom only knows Lee Serena from the soap operas. You know, Linda Pellegrino, she was at All My Children, General Hospital, she loves the soaps. And so that's where she knows Rena from. And so she even was asked, she doesn't watch the Housewives, she's like, I heard Rena got booed. What happened? By the way, I have to tell you this really quick story too. A little Linda detour when I was home. So we did a little birthday dinner with my brothers and their kids and we did cake and all this stuff. And so after everybody leaves, my mom is like, Dan, I want to sit you down and tell you something. So I'm like, oh, my mom's going to give me some great words of advice, some encouragement. I don't know what she was going to say, but I knew she was going to say something important because she doesn't often say that. She'll sometimes dole out nuggets of wisdom, but this was a time where she's like, Dan, come over to the couch. I want to talk to you about something. So I go sit down. Everyone else is gone. My dad's in the other room. The My brother's nieces, nephews, there's my sister-in-law's all left. And my mom says, I got some advice that my mom taught me, and I want to let you know as you get older. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to get some really good information. She says, when you're sitting down and you go to stand up, you need to stand up fast. Otherwise, people think you're an old lady. <laughs> so that was like her big nugget of wisdom was like, if you're sitting down and when you go to stand up, doesn't matter where you are, if you're at a restaurant, if you're just at home, she said the trick, the anti-aging trick that she learned from her mother that's now being passed along to me, generation after generation of Pellegrinos are now getting this wisdom my mom's side of the family is not Pellegrino, but you know what I mean. So now this is something that's generationally being passed down is that when you're sitting and you go to stand up, you need to get up fast. She said, Dan, you got to get up fast. Otherwise, people think you're an old lady. <laughs> and it may not be appropriate advice, but it is some advice that she shared with me because she said, if people see you getting up slow, they're going to think you're an old lady. And so, look, not everyone can get up fast. This is not, uh, I'm not saying this is appropriate advice. I'm just saying this is the anti aging tip that Linda Pellegrino shared with me that I wanted to share with you all. So, anyway, I just, I, I hope that helps you on your way. And I'm sorry if it's inappropriate, but it is what it is. Linda says, stand up fast. Otherwise, it ages you 20 years, she says, if you get up slow. Sometimes it ain't easy to get up fast either, by the way. Anyway. Back to Lips was booed. So she's booed at the BravoCon. And it, I I don't love the, I didn't love the booing. I mean, even though I don't like what's going on with Lips this season, I think she's doing too much, especially at the Beverly Hills reunion last week when she's walking around and Kathy's about to come out and you just see Lips sort of walking around that set saying, I'm just going to live in my truth. I just got to tell the truth and got to be honest. And she's just talking to herself. I'm like, who are you even chatting with? You're just talking to the ether. And she's preparing her lines or something. It's like literally feels like you're walking into an audition room and she's just over there preparing her lines for when Kathy Hilton comes out. 
Kathy Hilton showed up at the end of last week's reunion just in her hotel slippers and a, a nightgown. It's like, what the fuck was that outfit, Kathy? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Anyway, Lips is just walking around. So I don't love Lips this season at all, but I do believe that I don't love the booing. I don't know. It just made, I've, I don't know if that's the Libra in me, but it just made me feel bad. It just made me feel like, I don't know that I would have been able to handle that. And again, that's not to say that she's some innocent angel because she certainly, I think, has done many things this season to uh, deserve the little booing. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, what else is going on? Let's talk about that reunion. So uh, Room 23 is Diana Jenkins. She's talking about, oh, she's got all these lawsuits going on. Now, I don't understand any of these lawsuits. That They don't make any fucking sense to me. I think they're all smoke and mirrors. I think the legal team is probably taking advantage of her because she's like, oh, I'm rich, so I'm able to afford lawyers to do all these things. And I'm like thinking, your legal counsel is just bamboozling you for monies. <laughs> Because I don't believe they have any case. Even Andy was trying to ask, like, well, who are you suing? And she's like, well, Jane Doe or something. Like, It didn't make any sense. And I, I look, I'm no legal counsel myself. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what the fuck anything is happening in the law. I just know what I see on TV. That's it. I don't, I don't have a legal degree. I don't have law degrees. I barely graduated college. So the fact is, I know nothing. And yet, I do believe that they're all taking advantage of her. And I don't believe any of these lawsuits are real. I think they're just some weird smoke and mirror thing where she's like, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of the bots and everything. And what I love is that everyone is just accepting that she's done. Now, she's just done with the show. I feel like everyone on that stage, Andy, Garcelle, Splits, they're all just like, Done with Diana, and everyone is accepting it. No one's interested. As for the, all these other feuds, I think they're all a little old, and I I don't know if this is because the season has been so long, but a lot of things that they're talking about, I'm like, this feels like it happened 100 fucking years ago, and we're still drugging it up, and I don't know that I care, but the whole Garcelle's book thing, which I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I felt like that happened last season. I, I was like thinking, did we go over this at the last reunion? Because I don't remember it happening this year, but it happened, I think, during the season filming or something like that. But anyway, this whole thing was that uh, Rinna had thrown away Garcelle's book because Garcelle had mentioned Amelia. Now, I did actually read the book because I do my research here and everything iconic. And I don't believe that Garcelle did anything wrong by mentioning Amelia or the other one. I don't know which one it was. It was one of them kids in the book. Because if you read the book, all she did was say what happened on the actual show. She didn't say any commentary about what was going on with Amelia, I didn't think. So the fact that Rena got so upset, I didn't understand. And then apparently she got her legal counsel involved, because everyone's getting the legal counsel involved. And she got Garcelle to remove it for like the second, second edition of the book. But here's something that I can tell you all about the book industry. So they print a bunch of copies of the book. So the fact that Garcelle's going to change a little bit of the book for like the second or third printing of it, still the majority of people are going to get that initial print version of the book. So I don't think it's really going to change. Ultimately, maybe for the paperback or something like that, that's where it'll change, which by the way, my book is coming out in paperback April 11th, but you can still get the hardcover out now available wherever books are sold. And so I think it's interesting that they're having it removed when the other problem I have with it is like Rena always acts like, who cares? Like you signed up for this and this is a show. She's always posting on social media, like stuff like that. Like this is a show and you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. 
And then it's like, well, you obviously can't handle the heat because you've gotten lawyers involved. And I don't like this happening on these shows either, by the way. I'm fine with the law coming after our housewives, but I'm not okay with the housewives getting the legal involved. I mean, Diana had the cease and desist going out after all them podcasters and bloggers and stuff like that. Now we're finding out about her suing everybody. I mean, Diana Jenkins, I feel like she's just opened this up now where everybody's suing everybody. And she's doing, no matter what happens, she's doing, and that's another reason why Bravo's not going to keep around because Bravo don't like all them lawsuits. They're not interested in someone who's going to be so judicious or what's the term? Is that the right word? Judicious? Doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're not, they don't like that. And now we're finding out Rena, Sue, and Garcelle, and I'm sure Bravo don't like that either. So I already thought that Rena was going to be gone. And I know they just sort of scratched the surface about how Rena got the legal counsel involved in that. But I do believe that's going to be another reason why Bravo will put her on pause. And she said in the reunion, I'm going to be, put me on pause, Andy. Put me on pause. Anyway, this whole thing about the, the Garcelle's book, they talk about this whole thing. And no one really apologized to Garcelle. And she's very clearly upset because she, it is hard to write a book, whether you, whether they write it or themselves or not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> whether they wrote anything for their own books or not, it's still hard to get a book out there. And so she got the book out there and it has these serious stories. She talked about the story of Bill Cosby on the show and how she had this situation where she was going to be on the Cosby show. And then she, he gave her a drink and it was, you know, this intense story. And then she writes all these really personal things. And then the whole conversation is just about lips threw it away and doesn't recycle. And so it's like, that's what the conversation becomes. And as they were going to commercial break, you see Garcelle's face. She's crying. She's got tears in her eyes. She's upset. And everybody else is just laughing about the recycling bit, right? They're saying, Oh, I thought you recycle. And how come Erica took the heat for all that? And Erica's like, I always take the heat for my bad. <laughs> And then, uh, so there's this moment, and they do a close-up of Garcelle just staring off into the distance. Very dramatic shot with the tears in the eyes. And I felt bad for her in that moment, because I'm like, she just wanted somebody to acknowledge, like, this was shitty of people to throw my book, hard work on book, in the garbage, in the garbage, as my eighth-grade art teacher would say, the garbage. She always said garbage. And so they threw it in the garbage, and uh, no one even apologized. They were all just laughing about it. You know, every time Rena and Bamboozler are together, they're like, ah, I threw it away, bitch. Hey, bitch. Yeah, I threw away that book, bitch. I, I don't recycle. I recycle now, bitch. You know, that whole, <laughs> that whole obnoxiousness. And so nobody's apologizing. Anyway, what else is happening? Oh, so there's this whole thing at BravoCon where Bamboozle Jane threw Dorit and PK under the bus. So somebody asked Bamboozle, so what couple is going to break up? Who's who's leaving? Or who, what couple is going to be on the rocks next season? She said, I don't want to say, but I will. It's Dorit and PK. I'd call me a conspiracy theorist, but I didn't believe any of it. Not a second of it, because then after that happened, we see PK gets on his Instagram, and he says something about, oh, something about her earrings and whatever, but he didn't hit below the belt too hard. Does that make sense? He did come back at Bamboozle Jane after she said this thing at BravoCon, but it wasn't too hard, and I believe PK would have so much dirt on this woman, I believe that they all have dirt on each other. So the fact that PK came back with just something simple about the earrings, that something that's already had people talking, I feel like he would have hit below, more below the belt, or below the belt? I don't know, below the belt. 
It doesn't matter. So I feel like he would have hit harder, and he didn't hit that hard. And so that's why I'm uh, not believing any of it. And, of course, they're going to try to save Dorit's job because there's no way Dorit's going to be back next season as a full-time housewife. She's got nothing. This whole season, she had nothing. The whole reunion, she hasn't added anything. There was that one little funny moment where Erica says something about PK asking if she was a porn star before she was with Dorit, which, like, what the fuck was that about? What the fuck? How is that just getting out now? Erica's just like, yeah, your husband, I gotta tell this story. Before you were with him, he, this man walked up to me and was like, you do porn? And then it just ended. And I was like, what happened next? I was on the edge of my seat. Like, that's where they should have had it to be continued. Cause it was like, what, what do you, what happened next? So he just asked if you're a porn star? Like, did anything happen? I mean, what's, the, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. In the words of Grease Lightning. I need more information. And so there was that little nugget, but that was really just Erica, not Dorit. Dorit didn't add anything to this reunion. And so there's no way she's going to be back. And those women are all friendly. And then I saw something that was out. I don't know where it came out about how the Fox Force 5 hasn't been texting each other. And I think it's all bullshit because they are trying to save each other. They, they, they are friends. And I don't, they can tell that the audience is exhausted by their friendship. And so now they have to try to show that they have cracks, but none of the cracks are feeling authentic to me. The PK Erica situation with the BravoCon and the couple relationship thing, that doesn't feel authentic. That felt totally planned. And I don't think they had exactly planned what they were going to say. I think Erica saw an opening to help to read out and took it. And then PK tried to take it and run with it as well. But I don't believe it. It was all bullshit. And then the whole thing with the text message that I'm like, I don't really believe that either. I think they're just trying to save each other's job because there's no way Dorit's going to be back next season. She hasn't offered nothing. And I want her back as a friend. I don't want her to be gone forever, but I'm just saying she didn't add nothing to the season. Let's open up the budget and let's get somebody else in there because we need money in the budget to bring in new people. And if Dorit's not adding anything, we're tired about the looks. I mean, the fashion ain't adding. What this season was really mind-blowing about Dorit's fashion, I know she went through that whole robbery. And so my heart is with her, of course. And so maybe she wasn't as with the fashions because she went through this really horrific thing in her real life. But and speaking of horrific things in the real life, also we got to talk about Rinna saying all her beha- a lot of her behavior, she didn't say all of her behavior, was because of losing Lois. And I, of course, empathize with somebody losing their mother. And I've said it a million times, I can't imagine filming after losing someone so close to yourself. But as I think it was pointed out, or maybe this was Kathy that, you know, Kathy's been given interviews left and right and center. She sat with a TMZ and the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. Did you guys see that? Kathy Hilton went to TMZ. And she did an interview while Faye Resnick was just next to her as a, as if she was a bodyguard. Just Faye Resnick didn't say a whole word on the TMZ footage I saw. She was just there next to her. And I would like morally corrupt back. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I want them legs to spread on camera because uh, not in the way you're thinking. I'm just saying I want them to spread and walk into frame. I want them long strides into frame because morally corrupt Faye Resnick, it's time for comeback. So she's just standing next to Kath. And Kath is just calling Erica and Rinna bullies, and she says, I won't come back if they're back. And I think they're going to put Rinna on pause, and then Kathy will be back. And I don't think Kathy has much of a problem with Bamboozle Jane. Anyway, Kathy's given all these interviews left, right, and center. And so she's, uh, it's interesting to me. Where was I going with that? I can't remember. There's a lot of strategery happening. If you're paying attention, you can see the strategery happening because contracts are going out. So you can see Kathy calling up TMZ, Rinna posted on social media. You could see this thing happening at BravoCon. They're, they're all too media trained and I don't trust none of them. None of them. Then Beverly Hills women are too media trained. Don't trust none of them and neither should you. And that might make us conspiracy theorists, but so be it. 
if that's the only place in our lives that we're conspiracy theorists, then that's fine with me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> I'm not into QAnon, but I am into conspiracy theories on the Beverly Hills South Side, and that's it. Oh, and oh, this is the other thing. Garcelle's son's now working with LVP. Which is something that's been in the blogs, but I also think that's strategic. And it's the same kind of strategy that's happening with Denise Richards and Big Dick Aaron trying to get back on the show. And they're hanging out with Camille Grammer. And there's all these Instagram posts happening where it's like Camille and Denise, which I didn't ever think Camille and Denise were friends. I thought the last reunion. But the truth is they're all strategering against the Fox Force 5 because they hate the Fox Force 5 so much. And what's that term? Uh, an enemy of my friend makes me a friend of the uh, whatever. I don't know what that term is. You can look it up. Google it. So I think that that's what it all is. They're all enemies, but they're becoming friends because they have a common enemy. And the common enemy is the Fox Force, technically four, because there's only four of them still on the air. All in Mellencamp is no longer on the house size. So I think that they're strategering as much as they can. And the strategy is not working. What else we got to talk about? Splits and Crystal. What's up with Splits and Crystal, you guys? First of all, I don't understand why Splits seems like obsessed with hating Crystal. I don't know. I'm confused about it. I think something happened because there's just an animosity towards two of them. And particularly, I know we got to get to the bottom of it. We got to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to try to get Crystal on this podcast. And we have some questions. We have some questions about what happened with Splits in the off season because she's getting too, too, she's doing too much with Crystal. She seems so upset with Crystal. I'm like, I don't get it. Anyway, what else is going on? This whole part one and two, I think have been boring for such a dynamic ending to the season. I know it's all a buildup to the Kathy Hilton of it all showing up in them hotel slippers and negligee, but I, I wish the reunion was a little bit better. I don't know. It's like, it's just not doing it for me. I'm loving it, but it's, <laughs> I love it so much, but it's also not doing it to me. Does that make sense? That makes sense to you all. What else do we got to talk about before we take our break? Winter House. Are you guys watching the Winter House? Now, I don't love the Winter House because I just feel like it's too much drinking, but I do have to just talk about it for at least five uh, hours. Craig is a nightmare on that show. Luke is a nightmare on the show. Everybody's a nightmare on the show. And I tweeted this, but Paige and Craig are giving very much according to Jim Energy. Now, if you know that ABC sitcom from the early 2000s, it was emblematic of all the sitcoms from the early 2000s. I'm talking about the King of Queens. I'm talking about all them shows where it was like the schlubby husband who's a loser with the hot wife who was always exhausted by the schlubby husband loser. And that was such a trope on CBS, ABC. It still to this day happens where you see these loser, awful men and the wife is just rolling their eyes like, oh, I've got to be with that one. It's like Courtney Thorne Smith just like rolling her eyes at Jim Belushi or something for being a big old idiot. And that's what I feel like I'm watching with Paige and Craig every second. Every confessional page is like, he's a big dummy. <laughs> and what's so funny and fascinating to me is that there's no like... The classic example is the Adrian and, you know, Maloof Hoof and the husband, remember, in the early seasons of the Beverly Hills Housewives? That's the earliest example I remember of it, where Maloof Hoof was so exhausted by Paul Nassif. She hated that man. But when it's a playful version of it, what they'll, what the people will say in the confessional will be like, oh, I hate that man, but I love him. Right? Like they end it with, but I love him. So what's happening and is so interesting with Paige is she's doing the Maloof Hoof way where there's no tag on the end of her phrases. So she's just saying things like, he's a big fucking idiot. He can't clean. He's offering money to people. He's a loser. But then there's no, but I love him. 
Like I'm not getting any warmth out of them. So she's every confessional. And then we see her in the house. He's like trying to say like, you need a, we need to hire cleaners. And then you see her just like running away from him because she's so disgusted by her boyfriend. (laughs) And you know, I love my Paige. I do love Paige. And I think she's a star, stunning beauty. And the fact that she's with this man, I just can't do it because this man, he has always been awful. I believe there was a moment in Southern Charm's history where I did love my Craigie, but now he's a complete monster. He's just offering people money for rooms and he's refusing to clean. And he, what was, he's like, it's a vacation. There's broken glass. I'm like, sir, you are 30 plus years old. What are you talking about? You can't go on vacation, not have broken glass everywhere. If I was in that house, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Clean up the glass and also don't have glass what are you breaking glass for on this vacation you are 30 plus years old sir i mean i'm sorry to i don't mean to age or whatever i mean he's younger than i am so there you go but still i'm going to because it's truly disgusting to me now here's the thing with luke i also think luke is being total creeper but i don't know that craig's intentions are super pure when he's saying and yelling at luke and saying oh how dare you we need to get luke out of this house it's like craig just hates luke and I don't think Craig is like some being some stand-up guy is protecting women. And so I think two things can be true. Yes, I'm happy that Craig is sticking up and saying something to Luke, but I actually don't think his intentions are there. He just hates Luke. And so I, all that's to say I hate them both. I really hate everyone in that house. As much as I love Paige, I also hate everybody because it's just a cast. I mean, I like that one guy. I like that one guy and the new girl who are kind of flirty and – I'm into that, but it's just too much. It's a lot of boozing, and something makes me, I don't know, maybe it's on me. It's just the amount of alcohol consumption in that house. Anyway, I'm glad Luke is getting out of the house, and quite frankly, I want them all out of that house. I'm sick of it. I'm excited for the Toms to show up, though, because I feel like they got the short end of the stick, because in terms of young talent on Bravo, I think the Vanderpump kids were the trailblazers, and now it's the Southern Charm Summerhouse people that are getting all the glory. And I'm thinking to myself, what about our trailblazers over on VPR? None of them are getting invited to these houses. And so I'm going to take down NBC Bravo about that. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. Not acceptable. Get Raquel in that house immediately. Why are, what are we doing? We're putting Craig in every fucking house. Let's get him out of the house. Let's get the women in there from Vanderpump Rules, VPR. Let's get uh, Maloney. Let's get uh, Ariana in there. Like, let's get some other people in there. I'm just not interested in seeing Craig no more. And I just can't watch him and Paige just be disgusted. God, he's the worst. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And those women, by the way, they need to love themselves because I'm tired of seeing it in the summer house. Seeing, uh, what's her name? Amanda and Kyle. That's been their dynamic for this whole time, too. It's like, look at my loser now husband, Kyle, just being a jerk and awful and stupid. And she's just rolling her eyes. And Amanda's a gorgeous young lady and seems intelligent and everything. And then Sierra thirsting after Austin. Come on, ladies, you need to love yourselves. You need, I don't know what we need to do. Maybe we need to get one of them therapists in the house to talk to these young ladies. And I'm not putting all the blame on them because ultimately it's these men who are really awful. But I still need the ladies to stop lusting after these men who are showing us time and time again how awful they are. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. Anyway, I miss Andrea is what I'm trying to say. I miss Andrea and those abs and that pretty face. We should take our break. We're already, what, 31 minutes in a while. Okay, we got to take our break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac. I have so many thoughts and uh, let's take our break. I want to thank ACAST. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be right back. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Girl. Okay. Potomac, we're on episode three. Now, we didn't cover episode two, but we got to talk about the Chris Bassett, Giselle of it all. Because this is very fascinating stuff. And what I'm loving so much about Potomac is the breaking of the fourth wall. Now, this is something that's happened on a bunch of the seasons. But what I love that it's happening on Potomac is because I do believe that production, producers, editors, whoever, they were looking at the footage from the season. And I think they knew they had to lean into the breaking of the fourth wall, which if you're unfamiliar, that's when, of course, they talk about it. We, we see the production. We see the producers on screen. We see them talking about the making of the show. Whereas back in the day on Bravo, they never talked about the making of the show, right? On camera, you rarely saw a producer or a producer talking to a cast member. It was always separate. So what's happening at Potomac is really interesting because the storylines I don't think would work without the breaking of the fourth wall because this Chris Bassett thing, I think it's a, a nothing burger. I think they knew that it was a nothing burger. I think Giselle tries her best to stir the pot, but I don't think that it ultimately was anything. And so the storyline would have been boring if we didn't get the moment of Candace saying, where's Eric? You know, she's looking for producer Eric. Where's Eric? Where's Eric? I need Eric. I need Eric. So then we get to see her talking to the producer and she's in the bathroom after this dance class and we see her talking to the producer and she says, if you guys wanted a guy who's inappropriate, you had Michael Darby for that storyline. You don't need my husband for this storyline, for this made up storyline. And so I think if they didn't have that, none of it would be very exciting because we'd all be watching it and be like, well, I don't think that was really inappropriate. I mean, I don't love that he was texting someone in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., but as we saw, it was like a response to a story. And it's more fascinating, the fact that we're getting producers on camera. And it's happening again with Wendy. Dr. Wendy was leaving this situation where they were talking about Mia and Mia's Instagram post about going to the cancer center or something. And Wendy had stuck up for Mia in the group chat and, or in the a whole group was sitting down and talking about it. And she said, no, I've, I've always been steadfast in my beliefs of not lying about this thing. And you guys are going after her and saying she doesn't have cancer, but she's saying she has cancer, whatever. And Wendy's like, I never said that. I have been sticking up for Mia the whole time. And then we see Dr. Wendy leaving and she doesn't realize she's still mic'd. And the producer says, hey, Zen Wen, what's going on? And they use the audio of her saying that they all know Mia's lying. And it's such a fascinating look behind the scenes of this show because it's like, how many 
times does this happen with all of the housewives where they know on camera they have to have one stance, but in reality, they'd have a totally different stance. And we see that happening with Dr. Wendy. I mean, I truly got the chills. I got the effing chills when I heard that. I have the no. chills. No. Because it's just not something we've seen with the microphone like that. We've seen the breaking of the fourth wall in different ways, but that Wendy moment was even more thrilling to me than when Candace is running around looking for Eric. Where's Eric? I need Eric. I need Eric. I loved it, you guys. I'll be thinking about I need Eric for the rest of my time here. And Candace leaves. She's like not even... She's meanwhile storming out and she's yelling at that producer. But it was so funny to me because she's wearing that dope hat. And I don't know if you follow Robin on social media. That's one of her hats. <laughs> it's so funny to me because it's this really intense situation where like people are accusing her husband of being inappropriate. And she's wearing Robin's hat. And Robin posted on her Instagram. I think it was her stories or something. I saw somebody had somebody had sent it to me where Rob was posting that like, but look at how good her hat is and he was <laughs> promoting her hat line in the middle of this really poor Candace is having this really serious situation with the husband and she's just trying to promote that hat. Oh my goodness. I love it. But Candace is saying Michael Darby's here for that. If you want that, go ahead. And then Candace also rightfully points out that the other women, if Michael Darby walked in there into that scene, the other women would offer him tea and crumpets, she said. But now her husband is, is the target. And she says to the camera, don't cut any of my fourth wall because I want it all in there. Don't cut any of it. And then in her confessional, she says regarding jizz, she says, not today, neck, not today, ankles. We don't have it today. Oh, you guys. Uh, this whole thing, this whole show, though, that Mia situation, by the way, that wouldn't have been as interesting without the Wendy hot mic moment either. You see, this is what's elevating the show. And so I believe producers looked at the footage and they were maybe, by the way, Potomac's always good. It's always consistently good. And I'm not saying it would have been bad. I just think it would have been mid. I think it would have been, eh, uh, okay without these breaking of the fourth wall, because I just don't know that there would have been much to the Chris Bassett thing. I think the Mia thing kind of started and stopped pretty abruptly. I don't think she had much of a leg to stand on when it came to that whole feud with Giselle. They made up really quickly, and I don't think the other women ultimately wanted to go after a cancer thing, because that's another thing they probably talked about behind the scenes. No one really, that storyline doesn't work for anyone, because the people who are going after me and saying you're faking cancer that is not a good look on them because if Mia wasn't faking cancer, then it lo- they look like assholes, right? And it doesn't look good on Mia if it comes down to the fact that she was faking cancer. Do you get what I mean? Like no one works in that situation. So that's why I think they would have, they all moved on so quickly from it. And so I think they needed something else. And so having that little moment with Wendy was so good. And meanwhile, Dr. Wendy and Robin are feuding too, because Wendy was like, stand in your truth. And then Robin's like, I'm standing on it. And then turns out Dr. Wendy was the one who's not standing on her truth. She was lying. She was lying. But Mia does say the doctor ruled out cancer. She just has swollen lymph nodes that she has to remove in August. And then meanwhile, Robin invites everyone to do a family fun day, but Wendy's not invited. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, but uh, I was like, oh my God, girl. I couldn't believe it. Robin's just like, yeah, I'm not going to invite her. And that's, that's funny to me. Okay. So then we cut to three hours after the dance class. Candace is still wearing that hat from Robin as she's in the house and she's doing her, uh, her uh, freezing the eggs thing. Then we see Karen and Ray. Oh my God, you guys, the scene with Karen and Ray, the manicurist. First of all, Karen does not want to film with Sharice at all, which is so funny to me because every time Sharice is around now, Karen's coming up with the most ridiculous excuse, which I love. But anyway, the scene at the manicurist where Karen and Ray are sitting down, Karen says to him, 
are you, <laughs> this is so funny, you guys. She says, are you worried? <laughs> I love the grand dame so much. I can't even say this line because it's so silly. But she's the best person on television. I'm talking all of television. I'm not just talking about Bravo. I'm talking about all of television. Find me someone who's a better on-air talent than Karen Huger, and I will call you a liar because there's no one else that's better. No one else. So she says to her husband, are you worried because I'm so attractive? Like she's, <laughs> she's, she's so good. She's worried. She's like, Ray, I am so attractive. And are you worried about it? This girl. Is on fire. <laughs> oh, I'm giggly. I missed you all. Even though I didn't really have much time off from the podcast because I, it was really, we had one episode out last week, which is still, I've never, I never take off even a whole week. We still had a new episode out, but I wasn't doing the recaps. And when I don't do them, I miss them. And I was sitting in the hotel room, which by the way, them hotel rooms, we just got to talk about this for a second. Hotel rooms, I don't have regular cable. We have, we get the streaming services here at the house, but we don't have like a normal cable package. So whenever I'm traveling and in a hotel, I notice what's on TV and I got to be honest, I'm not someone who hates Friends by any means. The show Friends with all their friends, Jen Ann, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kuj, I love them all. Queens, icons, and legends. However, every channel plays Friends nonstop. And I never noticed it until I'm at a hotel and I'm like, they need to cool it. I don't know who's in charge of these networks, but the networks need to cool it because it plays nonstop. And I like it too. We put it on. And I like it. Matt and I put on that. We put on The Proposal, too, which I remember that movie with Sandra Bullock. I love me some Sandy, but I don't think that's one of the great rom-coms of our time. And I actually have a lot of thoughts about The Proposal that no one probably cares about. But it's weird. There's like a lot of strange animal stuff that happens where like the bird takes one of the the dog in Sandra Bullock's hands. and She's like trying to get the, the dog from the bird. The early 2000s rom-coms, they were doing a lot of animal work in them. And I don't mind like a quick little funny animal moment. I'm just saying that those, remember that failure to launch movie where there was just birds throughout the whole thing and so many animals, so much animal work was SJP and Matthew McConaughey. It's like, all right, all right, all right, give me that bird out of here or something. It's like too many fucking animals in them. Anyway, the proposal also has this weird stuff with Betty White, who I love. No one better than Betty White. But there's like weird stuff happening with Betty White in it. It's just kind of weird. It's just kind of weird. And I hate to say that because I'm a rom-com junkie. I can't wait. To, I haven't seen Ticket to Paradise as of this recording. I'm going to try to go later tonight. But I, with Julie Roberts and George Clooney, I can't wait to see him. But the proposal I put on because I was like, I can't see another episode of Friends, even though I like Friends. It's just playing nonstop in the hotel on every fucking channel. I'm talking Nick at Night, ABC, NBC, every channel. And so I put on the proposal and I hadn't watched in a while. Now I'm love Sandra, Sandra Bullock. So that's no shade to her because two weeks notice, one of my favorites while you were sleeping classic. She's good at what she does. I loved the lost city. I'm just saying there's something about the proposal that doesn't do it for me. And I don't know why exactly. And I'm sorry to talk shit about it, but I just had to live in my truth. What are we talking about here? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Karen and Ray at the manicurist. Did we go over all that? I think so. Then we, oh, we got, okay, let's talk about Ashley and Demon Darby, who Demon Darby did not sign a release form apparently on this season because he's nowhere to be found. I'm like, where is he? He just disappeared like Judy Winslow and Family Matters. Like, what happened to him? Nowhere to be found. All of a sudden he's there. He's like a looming presence over this whole series, but we haven't seen his face one time. So I don't think he signed a release or a contract. So now he's, and I bet you, I actually bet you that he signed some, or, or say he probably got legal counsel involved because we don't even, I, I don't think we've even seen a Michael flashback, a Demon Army flashback. 
So the fact that he's not on screen, we haven't heard his voice, I just think he threatened Bravo or something. I don't know that to be true. That's just total rumor, so don't take it with a grain of salt. Everything I say in this podcast is alleged all the time. I don't know anything. I'm a dummy. But I do believe there's something fishy about the way that they're not showing him or we're not hearing him on the phone, none of it. Meanwhile, the, uh, Ashley's whole storyline is about this man, and they still obviously have a relationship because she's going to shop and he already paid for the house, which is also fucked up. I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck with the house? She's going to look for the house with that realtor who's like one of his employees or something. And she doesn't even understand how to buy a house or a cash offer or something. And Michael's lying about the finances. Ashley's like, oh, I can't bog me down. And I was like, Ashley, okay, Ashley, you need a, something needs to happen here because you're, it ain't right. It ain't right, girl. Oh my God, girl. You need to know where these finances come from. You know what's going on with the house and how he's paying for it, who's paying for it. Uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And Ashley, if you're listening to this podcast, that was the other news from BravoCon about Ashley was that she was hooking up with Luke. Summerhouse, Maple Syrup, Luke. She hooked up with them or they were flirting or something. I'm not sure what happened, but there's... Oh, also, did you hear that rumor? This was the funniest rumor dot of BravoCon. And I, don't, I think it was debunked, so I take this with a grain of salt. But there was a rumor that Catherine from Southern Charm, that she hooked up with the guy who plays Kevin on The Office... <laughs> I think it was just like a Dumois rumor or something, but boy, did that make me laugh. And I hope it was true. And God bless them all. Have sex with who you want. We're not here to judge, but there's the chemistry between those two. Like, I can't even imagine what they would talk about. And of course, I just assume Kevin from The Office, that's what he's real life like in real life, which I'm sure is not the case, but in my head, that's the case. And then Catherine, the, the idea of those two sitting in bed and chatting, I just like, what are you chatting about? <laughs> I'm not even concerned about the sex of it all because that's a whole other thing. I'm talking about like personality wise, the two of them just locked in a room. Like, what are they saying? (laughs) Oh, I pay any money. That's the Bravo reality show I need. Just lock up Kevin from the office and Catherine Dennis and see what happens. Let's watch her make some of them meatballs for him and just have a conversation. (laughs) Oh, I need it. I need it. Anyway, Ashley and maple syrup, Luke. What? Okay, so yeah, Ashley, you need to get it together. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to sit down with uh, Susie Orman, get her on the line, and figure it out, because this is not okay. And you should be looking at Robin and Juan. They had this whole situation with the house and the foreclosure. And so you should be learning from your castmates. Now, Robin sits down with Juan, who I don't believe they like each other at all. I don't think they, speaking of chemistry, I think they have almost none of it. I actually think Catherine from Southern Charm and Kevin from The Office probably have better chemistry than... Robin and Juan, who are getting married for a second time. A second time. A second time. Oh my God, girl. And they, don't, they do not like each other at all, and it's very obvious. And all of us who are pretending that they don't hate each other, I got news for you. You're kidding yourself because they hate each other. With every ounce of their being, I don't think there's not one bit of like. Sometimes, you know, couples hate each other, but then you think maybe they have good sex or something. I don't believe that. Although they're both gorgeous people, I don't see any sexual chemistry. I don't see any enjoyment out of each other. I think almost anyone else on Bravo has better chemistry than those two. Craig and Paige, I think Kevin from The Office, Catherine Dennis. I think everyone else on the cast, Karen and Ray, have much better chemistry. Karen and Ray, uh, look, those two, although they've gone through their ups and downs, when they're good, I feel like I feel a heat coming off of them, right? Like when they were sitting down to get their mani petties and they were talking about <laughs> how hot Karen was, I think that they have an electricity. 
where Ray is someone who, how do I say this? He's almost barely, um, almost barely alive. Like he's kind of slowly wading through this show, right? And uh, I'm sure he is happy as a clam. He always looks happy as a clam. There was that one scene from the first episode where he's flirting with Katie Roster, Roster. And I say your last name. Uh, who, by the way, Katie just announced she was going to rehab for Adderall and something else, maybe. And so our prayers are with uh, Katie because I we hope she gets better and does well. And I'm I'm grateful she's sharing her journey. Anyway, uh, Karen and Ray they do have some sort of weird electricity when I see them, despite the fact that Ray almost exudes zero electricity. Like when I think of human beings who exude electricity, I don't think of Ray Huger. I mean, he's slowly walking through them scenes. Sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm watching Weekend at Bernie's. Karen's propping him up in, the, in front of the red light because he is not very awake. He looks like he's in the middle, midst of a nap almost every time he's on camera. And yet, those two have more uh, chemistry than Juan and Robin. I just don't see anything with Juan and Robin. And they're talking about a prenup, and Juan says he makes more money than Robin. And the producer's like, did he just say he makes more money? And Robin's like, oh, you know how men are. <laughs> And that was another according to Jim moment. I'm like, we need to cool it with us. I mean, these men, these men, oh. Anyway, then we see Wendy at the dermatologist. She has to get put on prescription meds that it's going to give her a beard. So prayers with her. Anyway, stress does cause uh, apparently nutrients. So the doctor says that stress pulls out nutrients. And so her hair is falling out and thinning after she had cam. And so, look, I, uh, prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And also, you know what? If it does give you a beard, so be it. If there's one thing I've learned from Housewives, it's that you can shave your face. doesn't matter your gender. Caroline Manzo taught me that early seasons of The Real House in New Jersey. Tom Sandoval shaves the forehead. It's an exfoliant. So if you grow a hair on the forehead or something, it's okay. Ladies, I'm right. It doesn't matter. You figure it out. You follow the Manzo-Sandoval way. The Manzo-Sandoval way tells me that it doesn't matter. You just get the razor out and you make yourself look like how you want to look that's what happens. So if that happens to you, Dr. Wendy, I'm just here to tell you. I'm here to point you in the right direction. I can get a copy of them scenes. Or maybe you could call Bravo HQ and just say, hey, Andy, can you get me the scenes of Manzo shaving the forehead? Get me Tom Sandoval on the line. He can pass along the info, and I think we can help send when if she runs into any of these issues because we want her to just look and feel great. And however it is that she feels great, that's what we want. That's what we want. We got the footage. And if there's one thing I've learned from Bravo, it's that it all comes back around to Bravo. So, uh, thoughts and everything with her. Okay, so then we get to Robin. I was upset about Vanderpump Rules not getting a trailer at the BravoCon as well. What the fuck? Miami got a trailer. Did you see the Miami trailer? Can't wait for that. We also got an Ultimate Girls Trip trailer, although it was like a low-quality thing that leaked online, but I need it now. I need it now. Okay, then we have Robin and Mia at lunch. This was so funny because Mia said that she has something to add about Chris because Robin says the whole thing with Chris and... Candace and Giselle and Mia's like, well, I have something to add about this. She says, Chris was staring at me that whole time at Karen's spring fling, whatever the fuck that party was called. And then the Bravo editors, they show Chris looking in the opposite direction. And it said, Chris, not staring at Mia. Oh my God, girl. 
I could not believe it. And they showed it twice. And he's not only not looking at her, he's like actively looking in the exact opposite direction. And here's the thing about Mia. I think she's a complete liar. I think she's a big old liar. And normally I don't like that on the house size. But something about Mia's lying is lovable to me. Like I really enjoy every time she says some big lie that's very clearly not true. And the other women don't believe. I don't think not one word that comes out of that wound's mouth. I think everything she says, Wendy said it on the hot mic moment, like no one believes her. And I think that's the overall vibe of the cast and crew. It's like, we don't believe her. <laughs> but I love it. It works. And ordinarily, when you see the housewives and they're producing storylines or making shit up over on Salt Lake City, I think there's a lot of made up stuff happening over there. But I'm kind of into that, too. So maybe I'm just evolving as a housewife watcher. But Mia's very clearly a liar about almost everything. And I love it. And I thank her for it. So then we cut to Karen and Giselle, a summit of the of the two heads of the show. And Karen says, I don't trust her ass, but we're trying a new path. And if that is good enough for me, because I need these two in scenes together. And they talk about this whole thing. Meanwhile, the other group, Candace, Chris, and then ultimately Robin meet too. And they are going in between the two scenes of Karen and Giselle talking about the Candace, Chris situation. Then we see Candace, Chris, and Robin talking about the situation. And it's interesting to hear the different perspectives. And what is really fun is Candace is the napkin with the folded up napkin. And I love when she does that. It's nothing better. Nothing better. And Chris says that Jizz always references his penis. And then they show a montage of Giselle talking about his penis. I like dick. Oh, and then this is a big reveal. Karen says that a husband on this show squeezed her, touched her inappropriately, but she doesn't say who the husband is. The producer asks, like, who's the husband? And she didn't say who it is. And this is crazy to me. This is crazy to me. And Karen, there's another fourth wall breaking moment because Karen says that Giselle essentially shouldn't have brought this information about Chris on camera. Like, that's what they're talking about. And they're just sort of openly talking about her bringing this on camera. But I also need to know, like, who was the person Karen's talking about? And I was trying to think, like, who could have been? I mean, Demon Darby, I feel like she would have told us because there's already been so many accusations about that man. So I don't believe that it was him. But then I'm thinking, who else is it? I don't think it was Eddie because I think Wendy's fairly new. And it sounded like this happened. I Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But to me, it sounded like something happened more than two. It happened a while ago, it seemed like. But then who else? Do we? I don't know. I don't know. And then it wasn't Giselle's, who was the pastor that she was with, because I think she wouldn't have told Giselle this story if it was her uh, ex-husband. So then it was it, it kind of been Juan. Her and Robin weren't even together at the time, and they're not married yet. So who do we even got left? Am I missing someone? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> so much to break down. We're just going to have to watch and see how it plays. We're going to have to watch right up inside. Go to bravotv.com for more information. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Anyway, Robin shows up and sticks up for Chris. There's so many layers here because Robin now is turning on Jizz. And they have that reasonably shady podcast, they're besties, but now they're turning on each other. And it's giving layers, and it's all so good. Next time on the show, Wendy and Eddie have a family. Oh, they're on their own, and then the other women have the family fun day. And Karen leaves because Sharice is there. Karen just makes up she's sick or something. Demon Darby's still missing. Ah, show. Bravo's just really giving it to us these days. Do you think there's going to be another BravoCon next year? I kind of feel like they might wait a little bit, right? Like a, they might wait another year. I know there was a couple years in between this one, but it was largely due to the pandemic. I wonder what's going to happen. Anyway, Bravo's giving it to us all. Bravo brand is strong. Bravo brand is strong. Thank you all so much for listening. That was a long episode. We got so much to come this week, you guys. An interview with an A-list star coming on the podcast this week. I cannot wait for you all to hear it. So stay tuned. Subscribe, follow the podcast wherever you listen so you get the updates. I also have a YouTube channel. I try to put the interviews up on there, youtube.com slash Pellegrino one You can get a signed copy of my book, How Do I Unremember This, at everythingiconic.store, or it's $12.99 now, the hardcover on Amazon, which is a great deal for, I, I think it's a limited time, but you can get it there or a signed copy at everythingiconic.store. Okay. I love you all so much for listening. Should we do our cheese little cool down? Let's do it. This girl. I had too much fun. I had too much fun remixing while I was away. Okay, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Hold it. Taylor's oldest time. Still got that on there. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, babies. 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 Let's hold it, babies. (laughs) I did miss you guys so much. You know, did I tell you to breathe out? Okay, breathe out. I do miss you. I feel like we, uh, even though I'm recording here alone in a room and staring at a wall, essentially, I still feel like we're all in here together. And so I love you. I love you. I love you so much. So fucking much. So fucking much. Okay, that's all. Goodbye.